Welcome to another episode of Nothing Moves Without Us, a Black Culture Podcast. On every episode, Clifford and I discuss shows, movies, and music from the past 30 plus years that have played a pivotal role in the Black experience. What's going on? I'm doing good. How you feeling? You know, in the thick of the holidays, <laughs> you know, li- living, excited to be back with you. That's all that matters. Right, right, right. So real quick to anyone who does watch or who is watching on YouTube, pardon the, the darkness. Eventually the, the sun will come across and I'll get some light on my face. Right now you just see my teeth, which is the, the comical joke, right? <laughs> Counts for something though. Counts for something. that shows right, that right, you're right, there. Right. That's all that matters. Right, 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 right. Uh, um, so yeah. So are you gonna go in diving, or you, want, you can go in diving? I'll let you. I'll let you do your thing. I appreciate it. All right, so this today we're recapping. Well, not recapping. Excuse me. Today we're going to be discussing Kwanzaa. Um, I mentioned that in the last episode. I mentioned that I'm celebra- celebrating Kwanzaa for the first time this year, and you said that you're going to a Kwanzaa celebration. So we wanted to kind of combine focal point Black history. Um, excuse me, the Black experience with some new experiences for ourselves, but also kind of do a recap episode where we'll touch on the, the different principles of Kwanzaa and kind of connect them to some of the media we've covered in the past, in the season so far. Um, yeah, excited to, to see what we both have learned, excited to kind of interject our own new age perspectives into it and see see how it goes, man, see how it goes. Yeah, and also to, to piggyback off what you're saying, um, we talk, we've talked about it in previous episodes and obviously during a holiday episode, but this is going to be a, a more in-depth uh, conversation about, a more in-depth conversation about, uh, you know, what we've learned. And it, it's, uh, throughout my research, and we can, we'll dive into that, but throughout my research, pe- people talk about it and it's been spoken about in so many different ways, but it's going to be nice to be able to share our unique perspective. So, uh, so excited to dive into that. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, before we do, I know we were going to briefly touch on uh, King Richard, uh, the film King Richard. Um, I know you've seen it. I just watched it. I uh, would love to hear your thoughts first before I uh, before I get mine because, you know, I am with movies. So. <laughs> All right. Um, so King Richard stars Will Smith, He's and he plays Richard... I'm not, I can't remember if he has the same last name yeah, as Richard, them. Williams. Is it Richard Williams. Okay. And that, which is the father of Venus and Serena Williams. And it just tells the story of, of his dedication, his plan to make his, to make Venus the number one rated female tennis player and make uh, Serena the greatest tennis player of all time. Um, I'm not sure if he said female or just tennis player of all time, but I'd, I'd give her both. Honestly, I'd give Serena Williams best. Um, I mean, to me, I think she's the greatest female athlete of all time, and definitely the greatest female athlete of my generation. But but King Richard just follows their plan of them growing up, living in Compton, um, and this their journey, their journey, and not being 
not having people believe in them, but King Rich is kind of still sticking to the plan, living in the hood and trying to raise daughters uh, where you have, you know, gang violence, you have th threats of violence, you have limited perspectives, you have people who don't really believe in the potential of these young black girls. And for me, it was just, it was a, Clichely, it was a beautiful story. I'll start with that. Um, some things that kind of stuck out to me were, I, I might have brought this up in the last episode, but j just the, the duality of the, the experience. Right? Traditionally, the movies we've seen from the 80s and 90s, dealing with LA, dealing with Compton, dealing with blackness in LA, it's all rooted in gang violence. It's all rooted in... Um, in negative, not negative, stereotypical portrayal of what the black experience is. It's always, they've always felt very linear. I'm thinking about baby boy. I'm thinking about menace to society, thinking about um, boys in the hood. But within that same timeline, within that same scope of existence, while all the, the black men were doing all this rowdy behavior, you have this black father pushing his daughters into greatness making them, trying to turn them into something wholly other. The whole family is part of the experience. The whole family is supportive. It's very loving and um, very loving, supportive, and fair family. Um, I, 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 I could ramble, but I'd rather just kind of go, <laughs> kind of interject and go back and forth because I have a lot of points. Yeah, um, no, so no. what were your early impressions on it? Yeah, I... I felt a lot of the same. I think the, the thing that really stood out to me was uh, just how consistent he was throughout the entire process of getting his to, to getting his daughters to to the, to where they needed to be. Like he had a plan, and no matter what, nothing was going to stop that plan. Not even his wife. <laughs> um, and it was just really it, it it reminded me of you know books I've read or reminded me of, you know, people I've, I've uh, followed, celebrities or motivational speakers and so on that talks about, talk about so much about consistency and then seeing it in a film, it was just really good and cool to see. Um, and then the love his kids have for each other, you know, there was no hate. It wasn't like, you know, there were, there were moments where, uh, Venus and Serena, uh, or Serena, Venus was getting all this love and all this hype for her play, and Serena was just as good, or even not better. Obviously, we know we know what it turned out to be, uh, but yeah. but in the film, even when it was a low points, and I'm speaking more so about uh, Serena, the family rallied around her, and it was just really nice to see. It wasn't any like. It wasn't any just. It was drama, but it wasn't drama in the way where you normally see in in black culture or in a black family. Um, and I really, really loved that. I love. I loved how they all came together. How he always reiterated his plan, and he right. just continued to reiterate it throughout the throughout the film and in different parts. When someone would doubt him or someone would say something, he'd be like, "I've already thought this out. It's going to happen this way." Um, right. And his family believed. So, uh, so yeah, I, a lot of what you shared, I, I, I feel similar. It, it, I thought about, I've been, I've 
thinking about like the first episode we did, right? We talked about masculinity. We talked about like Steve Urkel, Carl Winslow, and how men are treated or portrayed in black and how men have have been portrayed in black, how black men have been portrayed in media. And here you have, you know, we talked about Steve Urkel possibly being like the most alpha, alpha man, alpha male on the show. And you see the alpha mentality of King Richard in terms of, again, like you said, having the plan, sticking to the plan and having the women in his life, having his wife believe in him, having his daughters believe in him. And that always kind of being enough because as long as he believed in himself, he knew that was the foundation. He just needed everyone to kind of follow along and stick to his plan. And eventually, you know, at some point, and this is a bit of a spoiler. So if you don't want to want the movie spoiled, skip ahead for like three minutes. <laughs> um, eventually he realizes that the plan has run its course. The plan has run its course. You know, they were in Compton. They moved to Florida. He took uh, Venus out of, out of competitions because he wanted her just to, to not get burned out and end up like a lot of the young white uh, tennis, tennis athletes who were doing drugs and getting burned out and strung out. He wanted her just to, you know, be a kid and have fun and then go straight to the pros. And, you know, Venus feels that she's ready. She's, she's fighting to, to play. And King Richard's like, no, that's not the plan. That's not the plan. That's not the plan. And his wife, like, has, you know, has to talk with him. And he realized that, you know, his, his plan has done enough. The plan has run its course, like I said. And it's time to just let, to, to see if your plan was good enough, right? Because sometimes you have to abandon a plan and let life play out. And he did. He let Venus play out her plans. And, you know, she ended up going to the finals and being iced out. But it's, yeah, it's I think it's, it's an important story for the Black experience, kind of to my earlier point about thinking about the duality, um, your point about consistency and the importance of having a plan, sticking to it, but also being malleable and knowing when to alter the plan and knowing when to fall back and let yourself or let other people kind of shine and see if the work that's been put in has been beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And you know, the, the, I wrote, I wrote down some, some notes, um, as I was watching the film, cause obviously I know you and I were going to talk about it at some point. And, you know, once again, without giving it away, there's a point in the film where, uh, the family has a big win. Um, and, the way they celebrate the win, he's not really feeling. So, you know, he gives them a bunch of exercises to just better understand the importance of staying humble. Um, and, right, and I right, thought right. that was, that was like spot on. And it showed that no matter who you are, no matter what you succeed at, it's always important to stay humble. Um, and those life lessons that he taught his daughters uh, was something that they were able to, continue throughout their lives. Like, like I said, as we know, we know who Venus and Serena have become. Uh, they, they've been able to, to push that tenfold. You don't, you don't see them, you, you don't hear them in a, in a tabloid. You don't hear drama about them. You don't, you know, they just handle their business. And, you know, a lot of right. the information and the stories that come out of their, out of their camps is all about, you know, uplifting young black people, young black women. Um, young black girls. So I, I was very, very like impressed with how the, the, the storyline of the film took place and how he was just consistent. He was not going to let anybody take advantage of his kids. You know, he also ended up 
raising three other other children. So Venus, Serena, Venus and Serena uh, are his children, but the other three young ladies were uh, from a previous ma- marriage, and he was taking care of them as well. Um, right. And that and that was and and it wasn't him by himself. So j- just to be clear, he he played his role, but his wife also did did her thing. Um, right. And I really really appreciated the fact that she got her flowers, you know, where, where, uh, you know, they talk about how she helped Serena get to where she is more so than he, he did in some aspects because he was so fo- focused on Venus. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's very, very, very interesting how that family had a plan as a family. Yeah. He, he orchestrated and put it together, but they all had to play their parts in order for it to, become what it became so yeah right um so just want to you know we went to, we mentioned will smith as uh, richard williams king richard but the the mom is played by uh arjane ellis um that's brandy williams and she's been in a, a lot of a lot of films she's a man of honor i remember her from undercover brother she's she's in ray um she's birth of a nation Lovecraft. the mentalist yeah, yeah. So she's have a she she has a, a, a long uh, list also. Just want to balance out. And I, I like I I guess maybe we can close up on this, but I like adding to your point how like they they showed that it wasn't just him, right? Like she there was a scene where they were in the kitchen arguing, not I guess arguing and having like a heated moment. And um, Arjane, I'm gonna get her name right, man. This is bit. Brandy, Brandy Williams was like, did you even notice that I fixed Serena's, uh, Serena's serve? And she's like, he's like, what, what? He's like, yeah, I fixed her serve. Cause you, you spooked her, you spooked her and like psyched her out. So although the, again, the main story is about Richard and all, all the work that he's done, his plan, the mom was just as dedicated. And, you know, she was, you know, while, while he's trying to hustle and connect with people, not only hustle, like in a, in a, the traditional way, but this hustle in terms of connecting with people, hustle in terms of trying to project them and making making the right connections with the right people. She's, you know, working multiple jobs. She's like really busting her ass to, to get the basics set for the family and keep them stable. But she's also making time to dedicate to the children's craft because she was, was an athlete also. And overall, my end of, I guess my last point is that it shows the importance of having a balanced family dynamic, and it shows the importance of, um, an, I don't want to say nuclear or traditional family, but but it shows the importance of having balanced perspectives as a child. You know, whether we're in a different day and age, so whether it's a father and mother, whether it's two mothers, whether it's two fathers, but having dual perspectives, I think it's important to balance out because most parents, one parent's supposed to balance out what the other parent is lacking, and vice versa. And it shows the importance of having that balance in the support system it offers and knowing that when the parents are dedicated, when they have a plan when they believe in themselves, believe in their children, you know, you, you can achieve greatness. It doesn't have to be a uh, tennis stardom greatness, but it could just be relative to, you know, your, your child's life experience or better than what you, you, as a parent you're going through or went through. Yeah. I, uh, I don't have much to add to that. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, Cool. I, I, I will say that that scene that you just brought up is something that is extremely powerful because Serena Williams is known for her serve. <laughs> She's known right. to have one of the best <laughs> serves ever. 
And when I, when that happened in that scene, I was like, all right, go ahead, mama, do your thing. Um, because <laughs> she is known for her serve. People fear her and her serve. So, uh, so yeah, I'll leave it at that. But yeah, I agree with you. 100%. Cool. Cool. All right, so let's uh, jump into the main topic, man. Kwanzaa, Kwanzaa, Kwanzaa. So I guess to start, like, what what made you agree to go to the Kwanzaa celebration this year? Oh, that's an easy answer. Come on, it was it was us talking about it. Um, I've been invited to. No, no, I, I know it's easy. <laughs> I've been invited to several Kwanzaa events over the years, but never took the time to educate myself on it. Um, yeah, I just never took the time. So now that you and I actually did an episode on, not even Kwanzaa, but a holiday episode, and a lot of it uh, had Kwanzaa uh, touches in it, right, based on what you share, not even so much what I share, but what you share, um, and what, what you uh, suggested to, to, to check out. Uh, I'm just at a place where I'm comfortable to, comfortable enough to, to learn about it, or not even comfortable is the wrong word, I'm uh, excited to learn about it and and experience it and educate myself on it. So that that was the decision that led to the decision of me going to the event. Um, but in all transparency, I might not go to the event, <laughs> but we'll see because you know COVID's out here walling. But uh, I did get invited to something, so I may do some stuff at home or connect with friends like yourself to see how I can uh, practice these principles. Um, but uh, COVID is definitely running rapid uh, again. So just want to be mindful of that. Right. Um, I guess, yes, I guess on yeah, my I'll end. Say, how about you? My bad. How about you? <laughs> so, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll transition myself. Don't worry about it. <laughs> No, that's all good. Like, kind of like I said in the, the last episode, you know, I'm, I'm just having this reawakening of the of my place and defining my place in a black experience um and i think the struggle throughout life for me as a haitian american is you know there's like three cultures to to excuse me there's three cultures to to decide on right there's the white american culture there's the african american culture and then there's the haitian american culture am i and it hasn't been until these past two, two years where I've really f- found a way to balance all three so that I can start honoring and and I've done Christmas. I, 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 get, I get the principle, I get, I mean, Christmas doesn't have principles. I get it, I understand what it's for, but I'm older now and I have a different perspective. I don't really care about gifts. Um, I told Erica, like to tell her friends and family, like, I don't really want gifts anymore. You can just, write me a nice card and like, that'll be enough for me. Like I want something, I want meaning. I want meaning. I want meaning in life. Um, like I said, that, that, that episode we had in the conversation on clubhouse just sparked it, sparked it. Like, why not? Why not me? Why not? Why not just kind of lead it and see what comes from it? So, yeah, so I got my Kenora. I'm going to zoom out a little bit. Let's see. Got my Kenora set up, got my unity cup and I got my, <laughs> and I got my Haitian flag set up, um, which I kind of I'll touch on when we go through some of the the main principles. But I'll start with the the history of Kwanzaa. I'm going to be pulling from a bit from Wikipedia and also from the official Kwanzaa website dot org. So this is this is just verbatim from Wiki, Wiki 
Kwanzaa is an annual celebration of African-American culture that is held from December 26th to January 1st, culminating in a communal festival fest called Karamu, usually held on the sixth day. It was created by Molana Karenga based on African harvest festival traditions from various parts of Africa, including West and Southeast Af Africa. Kwanzaa was first celebrated in 1966. Uh, that's the same information I have. Can I add to that? Yeah, you ain't got to yeah, ask, Because you <laughs> get, go I don't want to shut, shut down Wikipedia, but in addition to that, from no, no. Um, what I've gathered through uh, a lot of videos and things that I've, I've watched uh, is that it was something that uh, was created to help African-Americans embrace African uh, the African diaspora through celebration, through it, it wasn't specifically around or isn't specifically around a, a specific religion. Um, it's more of a cultural thing. And I think that's something that I personally always thought it was. I always thought it was like, Kwanzaa has to do with a specific African religion. And, right. and uh, that goes back to me, which I always say, you know, if you want to learn something, you have to educate yourself on it. You know, don't just assume and I was definitely a someone that actually did that. <laughs> so I wasn't practicing what I preached. But uh, now that j just how you just stated it, that, that was so simple for me to go wiki, you know, what is Kwanzaa and learn exactly what that is. So, um, so yeah, just just wanted to add on to that. Right. So it actually, um, which I, I didn't know it. It was created uh, after the Watts riot, and to add on to your point, as a specifically African African American holiday, uh, Karenga, the creator, said his goal was to give blacks an alternative to, to the existing holiday of Christmas, and give blacks an opportunity to celebrate themselves and their history, rather than simply imitate the practice of the dominant society. Um, and Kwanzaa derives from the Swahili phrase "Matunda ya Kwanzaa," meaning first fruits. First Fruits Festivals exist in Southern Africa, celebrating in December, January with the Southern Solstice. And Karenga was partly inspired by an account he read of the Zulu festival, Umkosi Wak Weswama. Um, shout out to you and these pronunciations. It was decided. I said shout say it out again? to you and these pronunciations. Wrote that deep thing, man. I, I've, I've always been good with phonetics, man. I mean, you know, writing, writing is my thing. So, like, Words and phonetics has always been a, a, a good space for me. Um, cool. It was decided to spell the holiday's name with an additional A so that it would have a symbolic seven letters. That's, that's dope. That's dope. That's dope. Um, <laughs> so he said, uh, Karenga said he believed Jesus was psychotic and Christianity was a white religion that black people should shun. Um, I mean, I agree with the latter that I don't think black people should be really. I mean, that that's so. I mean, do you, you want to talk about that the the religious aspect? Uh, want to jump into that can, a little bit? I, I think to, you know, he feels the way he feels, but as from from what I've looked into, as uh, Kwanzaa has evolved, it's moved away from that. Like people still celebrate the, the, the religious holidays, but then has it added this as a as a uh, cultural holiday rather than it taking right. over um so i'm not sure and i couldn't find it maybe maybe you know you have some 
insight there, but I'm not sure if his goal was to to for it to take over. Even with what you just shared, maybe that was maybe that's what it was for it to kind of be like screw Christmas. Yeah, this is what we're going to celebrate. Um, but if you look, you know, to the years past, uh, the years past or the years after it was uh, established, it, it turned into more so like, hey, we're still going to celebrate Christmas. We're still going to celebrate Hanukkah or whatever religion we are. In addition to what Kwanzaa represents. So, what are, what are your thoughts? I, I mean, I, I'll stick with your safe way of going around it, <laughs> like, because that I mean, that's a wholly different yeah. conversation altogether. Um, and I don't really want to project my personal beliefs on religion and Christianity. That, that's, 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 that's a whole different thing. But right, right, right. I, I understand the I think it's a, I, go, I guess going back to balance. Right. I think as, as long as you. I mean, I guess going back, going back to myself, right, finding my place, the religious aspect is the, like, to your point. Yeah, you know what? I, I totally agree with you. The, the religious aspect is Christianity, and if that's your thing, you celebrate that and you honor Christmas, but you also should honor the, the heritage and the culture that Kwanzaa offers. Yeah, well, yeah. well, that's so, where I'm, I'm confused about this, because when, you know, when we talk about media, for instance, you know, we talk about, we did our episode around... Uh, our, our holiday episode, we talked about the Everybody Hates Chris episode and how they celebrate, right. they, they didn't celebrate Christmas, but they celebrated Kwanzaa. It didn't really add up, it, it added up then in that moment, but now doing the research, it didn't really add up because Christmas happens before Kwanzaa. So they, they essentially, they still could have celebrated Christmas and then, you know, set up that week after for it to right. be Kwanzaa. But in the, in the episode, you clearly see Kwanzaa happening the exact same time Christmas is happening. Which is something that I right, right, kind of right. screwed me up a little bit. Um, so when I think about it, I I see how, and you know, again, we don't have to people go into it now, but I see how mainstream America and how uh, how when you look at television, and I'm using this episode as my example. So sorry if other types of shows do it differently, but I'm gonna use I'm gonna stick with the everybody hates Chris Chris episode. You see how they kind of created a conflict and really it's not a conflict based on <laughs> how it's set like it's set from the 26th to so it doesn't it doesn't interfere with christmas right. but it also doesn't interfere with new year's like it happens in between that time so uh yeah I'm, I'm, i was a little confused with kind of how uh that show depicted it and maybe other shows as well but uh but yeah that's a dope perspective i, I didn't think about that and uh yeah, you're absolutely right, man. He, Chris Rock created this false conflict um, when, he, when he didn't have to. And I feel like we kind of touched on that. I can't remember the exact context or the exact wording we used when we talked about the episode. Um, but yeah, it, it, the episode doesn't make sense anymore. It doesn't make sense anymore. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah that's, well, that's it, all I got. It can that's be very, that's the thing about television. And, and they talk about it even uh even more through how uh what's what is the, the doctor's name dr kaminga what's his name karinga dr karinga uh, forgive me um how he talked about how he didn't want kwanzaa to become this this holiday where people are are or or uh, companies are profiting off of it and they're just creating things that to to to, to blow up sales. That's not what he wanted it to be. He wanted it to be very focused 
on right. building. And we'll, you know, we're going to jump into the principles, but you know, one of the principles is very, very focused on, on economics and us and things like that. So I'm not going to jump jump ahead, but essentially, he, with with his mindset was like, hey, I don't want to commercialize this. I want us to celebrate it, but I don't want, I don't want to go to Walmart and there's this, you know, you know the Kenora is, is in different right, colors right, right, right. and they have all different. He's like, that's not what it, what it's for, and. I, I can really appreciate that as someone who is very similar to you trying to kind of find what fits for me, right. As, as, as a intellect or someone who's, who's more, more spiritual than religious. And, you know, I also believe you can be both, but once again, we don't have to jump into our personal, how we, cause, cause we have a very unique right, sense right. of things, how we look at things. So, uh, but, uh, but yeah, yeah it, that Chris rocks thing kind of threw me off and other shows that we watched as well. Yeah, it's it, it it for me. It really just feels about culture, like to my um, kind of like t- tying into what what you said. What the word that stuck out to me was this culture, right? Christmas doesn't have a culture. Christmas is just buying gifts and opening gifts, and that's it, right? It's this it's this uh, what month and a half long period of nothing that adds sub- sub- true substance to like our individual life experiences. And Kwanzaa, like, like think about the, 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 the placement of Kwanzaa, right? The strategic, strategic placement where people spent, like I said, this month and a half, two months now, crazed buying gifts and granted it slowed down because of online shopping, but, and granted it, you know, that wasn't present in the sixties and seventies, but like you see the transition of the holidays and how the news articles, people being stampeded and dying and then, you know, you mentioned COVID and things kind of dying down and things are less calm. You know, stores don't open on, more stores are kind of being closed on Thanksgiving Day now. And, uh, or, you know, stores used to open at midnight. No culture. It's just that the culture is just spending money, which is, I mean, the culture of America is capitalism. I mean, the culture of Christmas is capitalism. But the, ending the year, right? Ending the year, transitioning, thinking about the these seven principles that are founded on individuality and community transitioning into a new year that's meant to offer rebirth and uh, reflection and inspiration to you know live a more prosperous life and it's a uh, it's simple enough that it's dope but again you know some for some reason the the counterculture of christmas just kind of impedes all of that right like i think most people most people just are glad to have the time off at the end of the year to just relax and decompress from the month and a half of stress and uh overselling and you know all of, all of that yeah, spot, yeah absolutely yeah, yeah absolutely uh, you know spot on with that again like i think we look we look at a lot of our past kind of practices before there was a kwanzaa before anything existed for black americans and we all kind of did the same thing. And then here comes this, this doctor who was like, Hey, we, there's so much more to us that we're not, we're not learning about that is happening in other parts of the world that we have no clue about, but we're a part of it. So how do we, how do I create something? And I don't know if you could, but I couldn't find anything where it said he, he worked with a team of people or he, he went to a team of people. I don't know if he did it by himself or with his wife. I couldn't really find any information around that. Uh, it just sounds like he was the one that sat in the room and locked himself in there for, <laughs> for six months and just built all these principles. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, based on 
uh, you know, African culture. But uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know how he went about it, but clearly uh, it, it was intentional. There's a lot of intent in it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really happy and excited to dive into uh, how, how they play a role now and, and some of the principles and so on. Right. Yeah, I haven't seen anything about any group the uh, group effort, it, but so like you said, it seems like it was it was all solo work, which is even more inspiring, right? Yeah, he had a plan, like King Richard, he had a plan. Um, if, but the unfortunate aspect is, you know, we see the end result of his plan. What? Well, no, we see the transition and the decline of his plan over the years because of uh, counterculture and counterculture countercultural in response to blackness and black individuality. Um, but. You know, here we are, but uh, how many years later is that? 40 plus, 40 odd years, 40 some odd years later. Not even, I'm about to be 36, so a 60. No, it was, it was in the 60s. Like, is so it 60 years? She was born 64. It's like 57 years, 55 years ago. That's good. You see, I'm I'm the I'm the I'm the uh, the, the English guy, yeah, you're the math a, guy. It was I like 66. <laughs> he created my mom's in 64. So it's 55 years ago. Cool. Um, so yeah, here we are, fifty-five years ago, and we're we're hopefully trying to find a, a way to kind of keep this alive. Um, so let's jump into the the symbolism. Actually, so on the official Kwanzaa website, every year has a theme. So this year's theme, the twenty twenty-one annual Kwanzaa theme, is practicing Kwanzaa and the seven principles, ensuring the well-being of the world. Which I mean fits with everything going on these past few years. Um, and it kind of feels like that's the standard for every year, the well-being of the world. Because if the world is doing good, then I'm likely to be doing good as an individual. Um, so symbols of Kwanzaa. So the primary symbols are Mazao, which, which is the crops. These are symbolic of the African harvest celebration and of the rewards of productive and collective labor. There's the Makika. Makika, the mat, this is symbolic of our tradition and history and therefore the foundation of which we build. There's the Kinara, which I showed. This is symbolic of our roots, our parent people, continental Africans. There's Muhindi, the corn. This is symbolic of our children and our future, which they embody. There's uh, Kikombe Cha Umoja, the unity cup. This is symbolic of the foundational principle and practice of unity, which makes all else possible. And uh, two more, M Mishuma Saba, the seven candles. These are symbolic of the Ngozi Saba, the seven principles, the matrix and the minimum set of values which African people are urged to live by in order to rescue and reconstruct their lives in their own image and according to their own needs. And lastly, Zawadi, the gifts. These are symbolic of the labor and love of parents and the commitments made and kept by children. We kind of talked about um, like gifts and like most of the research I've read is that Kwanzaa is not about gift giving, but children are occasionally given gifts that are meant for like inspiration and growth versus just consumerism gifts. So uh, it was dope to kind of to, to, like to find that information and go through all, all the different layers and aspects. Um, I have I have my mat. I have my uh, Mikaka, <laughs> Mikaka, okay, Mikaka. I have my Mikaka. I have my candles. I have the Kenora. I have the Unity Cup. Um, 
and just kind of we have like a, a placemat erica like did a nice design on the the table um so we're just kind of trying to style it and give that full feel and s- symbolism of what what the what the tradition and culture yeah, represents two, two things that pop into my head while you were sharing that is is one thing that you know it's been really really pushed through what Con- what kwanzaa represents is uh the importance of individuality and doing it your way right and how you celebrate it right yes you you have these principles yes you have uh these symbols but essentially how you celebrate how you create those how you look at them there there's they're like the blueprint to how you celebrate um to your individuality with your family with your with your uh, friends and so on so that's something that i really really love about what Kwanzaa represents because they make it very, very clear that like every Kwanzaa celebration is different. Um, everyone's is different. Um, so that's, that's the first thing that you, you shared that I thought was really, really great. And then the second thing is every, pretty much every aspect of Kwanzaa is focused on representation. It's something that it represents something that has a, a form of represent, a representation with it. And it's not specifically just where we are as, or it's not specifically around just African, the African side of things. It's also around uh, what these principles represent. And, and like, like, like we keep saying, we're going to jump into them, but it's all about representation. I think, you know, you think back to 1965, 66, when all these things were happening and you think now in 21, 2021, 2022, we're still going through this as a people as a black people trying to find our identities right. try to trying to uh do a better job in gaining and earning representation and, and being represented correctly as 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 the great people that we are and that that is another thing that you know you you were saying you know this represents this and this represents that those, those are things that um popped into my mind as you were as you were sharing <laughs> Yeah, it's um, what really stood out to me, and like one of the things that I, I loved, like kind of going through the official website, was the idea of the individuality. Because um, like, I'm an objectivist, and objectivism is rooted on in the, the individual, right? the the core of, The core of of Egypt, objectivism is f- fulfilling your own self selfish needs and purpose and goals and drives. And knowing that through through doing that, the next step automatically benefits the community, automatically benefits the cultures, the communities, rather it benefits the overall human experience, but it also benefits the communities and cultures that, that you're a part of. Um, so that's that's something that kind of stuck out to me. And there, there was one thing that I saw on a website. Um, so I, I'll, I'll pull that up. Actually, hold on. Let me see. So there's a preparation. Uh, the preparation is mostly about guidelines and the ways people should be practicing Kwanzaa. And one thing stood out to me and I was like, you know, I, I felt some conflict. So the first preparation is you should come to the celebration with a profound respect for its values, symbols and practices and do nothing to violate its integrity, beauty and expansive meaning. Um. 
the th- I'll do the third one, then the second one last. The third one is you should choose the best and most beautiful items to celebrate Kwanzaa. This means taking time to plan and select the most beautiful objects of art, colorful African cloth, fresh fruits and vegetables, etc., so that every object used represents African culture and your commitment to the holiday in the best ways. The second one was you should not mix the Kwanzaa holiday or its symbols, values, and practice with any other culture. This would violate the principles of Kuji Chagulia, self-determination, and thus violate and thus violate the integrity of the holiday. So when I read that, you know, like I have the Haitian flag next to me, and I've been saying that, you know, the goal is to celebrate Kwanzaa for me, but it's also find, to find a way to connect Kwanzaa with my own personal experience, and for me, that's the Haitian American experience. So when I read that, I'm like, is 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 it saying that I'm, I'm not allowed to intertwine my own uh, like diaspora culture behind it because number one, African culture is very vague, right? Africa is a continent. Uh, I mean, 54 different countries in Africa. So it, it feels very vague. Right, reading it, it feels vague to hear, you know, celebrate African culture because there's so many different aspects to it. Um, I'm, I'm two, two cultures removed from African experience. So if, it's important for me to number one not forget and honor the Haitian experience, and I, I I need to incorporate it into celebrating Kwanzaa because it allows me to honor two generations of of culture, uh, the general African culture that they're referring to, but also the the Haitian experience. Um, and I'm still kind of fi- I'm still thinking. I have a few ideas on how to incorporate it, but I'm still finalizing how I want to incorporate it while still while not. Um, I guess uh, overshadowing or taking too much away from what Kwanzaa is within itself. Yeah, that, that, uh, that's an interesting uh, point because and and I hate to be this guy because it's literally our second time talking about this. I don't know if I'm I'm an expert in this, but no matter what you do as someone who celebrates Kwanzaa or Christmas or even Hanukkah, no matter what you do, and I'm just using you as an example, you're still a Haitian American man. Like that's just who you are by default, right? So so for right. for for that to be in there, what comes to mind for me is that they're probably speaking more so of as an American, right? Because you're a Haitian American from an American standpoint or or black American standpoint. But no matter how you celebrate it, you know, if you celebrate it with, you know, one of your Jewish friends, that is still something that's rooted. Kwanzaa is still celebrated by someone who's Haitian American and someone who is Jewish. Um, and I think that's something that, uh, right. you know, if, if, if this doctor sat in a room for six months and wrote this, can't get it all right. <laughs> so, uh, right, you know, right, they, right, all, right, right, right. I think there are there are always uh, there are always areas to uh, to break down and interpret things, but but the, but that's why we have discussion. That's why we have understanding. Um, and it, and it's also another thing I couldn't find, which maybe you you could find as well. When I was researching, is and and and, and I'm, before I say this, I'm a, I'm a preface this as it may exist, but I just did not see it. A, 
a leader in a, in a black community or someone in the black community who is who is pushing this, who's having these conversations. Um, I did come across museums around the country, um, some specifically focused around black Americans and black American history and so on, and others that, are, that weren't focused on celebration, but where, where the black American leaders, the, the Jesse Jacksons, the Al Sharptons, maybe they are talking about it, but I, I've, I've followed them throughout my years and haven't seen it. So, you know, who is, who is the, the subject expert in this to be able for you to be able to send an email and be like, or reach out to and be like, Hey, you know, I find this conflicting. Let's discuss it. What are the thoughts? Um, that's just something that I, me being who I am and, and the communicate, the type of communicator I am, I would love to have that type of conversation, but I, but I hear you loud and clear. <laughs> Your point is spot on. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I was thinking about, so like t- to your point, I was thinking about um, kind of like what, what Ty said in terms of what Ty said in the clubhouse, which like I said, sparked my desire to be like, you know, let, let me be that individual to, to kind of do it for myself. Um, and I think the the overall, I think one of the limiting factors of the black experience, right? Like you talked about who's going to be the leader is looking for a leader or needing a leader, right? If historically we look at the black experience, I mean, you look at the assassinations, most 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 notably Martin Luther King Jr., Malcolm X, Medgar Evers, um, any black person who ever stepped out of line yeah, of what the yeah. dominant oppressive white culture. Right, right, right. Anyone who tries to lead is a, loses their life in some capacity, right, or they're betrayed. Um, and like one one of my beliefs or one of like the new age thoughts I've had in the past few years is we don't see that anymore. We don't see any individualized, individual, individual, excuse me, individualized leaders in the black experience because history tells us what happens to them. Um, and I think what the black experience needs more of is, you know, respectfully to you, less focus on who's going to lead and again, focused on the individual, right? If this is something that's important to me, then I need to do it. I don't need anyone to lead me. I don't need anyone to guide me. We have the internet. Like we we yeah. both did our research, right? You pull from different resources. Um, I pull from different resources. And our individual responsibilities is to honor the, the the source, but also implement it and curate it and cultivate it into our own unique individual experience. Um, and I think that's 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 what that's what should that's what the focus should be. How do I how do I make this personal to me while honoring honoring the the culture and tradition? I think I think yeah I, th- I think that yeah no, I, needs to I be more of the focus. Um, I'm allowed with you there. I, I I think for me, what's to be more specific, I mean around uh, guided principles around something that once had a founding father or founding leader for it to be able to dissect it and, and get a better understanding of thoughts. So I, I was talking more so about, I believe you said the right. second the second thing you shared, um, how you and I are discussing it and, and giving our interpretation around it, but it would be nice to hear from the horse's mouth or somebody who is essentially a, a, an expert in that space. Um, so that's what I was talking about, but, uh, but I do agree with you right. 100%. I think that's important as well. Got it, got it, got it. Um, so let's jump into the seven principles and the actual practice of it. 
So one of the first things that that I found, which I which I thought was dope, is that you the there's greetings. So the greetings during Kwanzaa are in Swahili. Swahili is a Pan African language and is chosen to reflect African Americans' commitment to the whole of Africa and African culture rather than a specific ethnic or national group or culture. So another thing that could have kind of stood out stuck out to me was see Kwanzaa is focused on African American. Um, the African American experience, and you, I, I forgot what you what you said earlier. Yeah, you brought up the fact that again, you know, I'm Haitian American, and if I was born in Haiti, I wouldn't know about Kwanzaa. I wouldn't care about Kwanzaa. There would be no desire to celebrate Kwanzaa because my I have a direct I have a direct connection to my culture because I'm born in my motherland. Right, eventually. Africa loses its significance. No, it doesn't lose. It. Eventually, the Africa's energy, as like my my base and my motherland, is dissipated because of the centuries of Haitian roots that my family have laid out in Haiti. So you know, I, I read through it and I'm like, it, it feels uh, not dismissive. It feels it feels like it excludes the uh, the West Indies, Caribbean. Um, it's supposed to be for the diaspora. It's supposed to be for everyone who has roots tied. Well, not everyone, because civilization started in Africa. It's supposed to be uh, founded in all black people, you know, race black people who have roots in Africa. But a lot of the language hasn't been updated to include, like I said, West Indians. So if if it feels dismissive, it feels non-inclusive, which adds on to me saying, okay, well, like I'm going to, I'm gonna include myself however I can because the African American experience, I, I don't define, I don't solely define my experience yeah, that, as African American exactly experience. I was making previously, right? If you had somebody who, and again, right. I, I don't, I don't want to take away because they're made. I've, I've been looking into this for the last two weeks, three weeks. Um, but if you had somebody who is 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 the the goal to like, like, like when it comes to Catholics, you have what the Pope, <laughs> like, like, you know, it, it just, I, I think it, right. it, it maybe, it maybe exists. Maybe there's the one you go to and you talk to them about it, but these conflicts are, are realistic and real conflicts. Um, in addition to that, we evolve, we elevate as people. So what, what we were in 1966 is not who we, who we are now. You know, yeah, I brought up earlier around representation, but there's so much that has happened for us uh, positively and that has enhanced us as a people. And when I say us, I say talking about black people. We always like to identify that. (laughs) Um, uh, So so (laughs) I I think it's a great point. Who's to say that Kwanzaa can't evolve or or doesn't have the ability to evolve? Who makes that decision? But it also it kind of double-edged sword, double-edged sword because you bring up another good point that based on what the purpose, principles represent and based on what the um, or what Kwanzaa represents, you you technically can create your own, create it, make it yours. <laughs> doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter, and that's yeah. what I mean. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of overlap where it's Christmas or Kwanzaa or Christmas and Kwanzaa, and then you know. African American versus Haitian American versus Caribbean, like it, there's so much that I that I think is very conflicting. But but on the flip side, it's like 
I can I can control this. So I think I think you you know you you, you hit on both points on both sides for sure. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, so the general greeting is Habari Ghani, which means what's the news? And depending on the day, you respond with the, that day's principle. So the first day when someone asks Habari Ghani, you see Emoja. And I, it made me think of uh, like the Israelites, like the mathematics, the five percenters, God body, like, you know, what's today's mathematics? And, you know, you offer mathematics based off of numerology. So I, I thought that was dope. And it, it was dope to see, I'm sure, you know, it might've existed in other parts of uh, other cultures, but it's dope to see the connection and transition between the foundation of Kwanzaa in terms of, you know, what's the news and you have an answer, what's today's mathematics and you have an answer based on different things. So, so I thought that was dope. Um, but yeah, day, day one, right? So the, actually, no, let's do the, the seven candles, the, the red, green, black, um, and you brought it. You brought this up in the the last episode in terms of what the, the color symbolized because they were prominent on the on a tribe called a tribe called yeah. Quest yeah, and, uh, Midnight and it's, Marauders it's, album. Uh, this is great. We're bringing this up because from what I've seen about uh, Kwanzaa, the, the different people look at it differently. <laughs> um, the red, black, and green, which is you know uh, you know the the black represents the the body, the red represents blood, the, the green represents earth, land for some people. And the other people, they have other representations of it, which right. was very, another thing that that confused me a little bit, but I understood that, and, and, it, and it is understood that this is something that you have to be able to articulate in your own, like use these principles or articulate it in your own way. So, but essentially the red, black, and green represent the body, black is represents the body, Red represents the blood of our ancestors, and, and green represents the land, our land, um, and that's what—that's how I always knew it as. But I don't know if you've seen anything else or seen any other interpretations of it. But I heard other interpretations as well. Yeah, I, I saw the same thing too. The, the, there was a difference in what I saw for the green. Um, I I was thinking about the transition of red, black, and green. So, you know, red being the bloodshed, which is bloodshed, but also blood. And that's, for me, that's also the past, right? It's your bloodline, it's your lineage, it's the culture. The black is the physical body, which is the present, the now um, of your lived black experience. And the green, the vegetation, motherland, but also in terms of growth, because, you know, green in nature means vegetation growth it's for its future it lets you know that there's food to, to eat it's for this food to um to fill your bellies food to provide for your children so you know the other side that i saw was that the green represents the growth and that's kind of how i just switched it up to make it to make it make sense in my, my mind in terms of past present future yeah and i i love that i saw the green also represented as the, the feast um, the food, the, the the fruits of our labor. Um, that was something that I I, I read you know, during my research as well. So, um, but yeah, that, those are the representations of uh, of the seven candles. The uh, another one that I just pulled up was the green represents the abundant natural wealth of Africa, which uh, ain't, ain't that the truth, right? <laughs> <laughs> ain't that the truth? <laughs> ain't that the truth? The truth. Um, so the 
the candles. I forgot the, the name. Excuse me. Um, individual names for the, the Kenora. No, the individual name for the cameras. The the seven candles. Uh, the Mishuma Saba. I, I sounded more Japanese than Swahili. But... Yeah, Mishuma. <laughs> or maybe Mishuma Saba. Yeah. The so you the, the lighting you start with the the black in the middle. And I'm going to kind of go through it based off of how I just interpret it in terms of past, present, future, because the body is the foundation, because the body, the physical is you in this present day and time. And then you light them from left to right and you alternate. So on the far left corner is the, is the, you light after you, on day one, you light the, the black candle. Day two, you'll light the red one. Day three, you'll light the green one. Then you'll go back and forth until all seven are lit. The first day is Umoja, which I've also seen as Umoji, but it represents unity. And what I, what we want to do is kind of incorporate some of the episodes we've, some of the media we've discussed uh, in, the, in the season so far and kind of connect them with the seven principles to, I guess, kind of expand on them or just offer our own perspectives. I have some, and I know you, you have some also. So... What, the, what, what stood out for you in terms of, of unity, Umoja? Yeah, well, well you know, uh, tying back into some of the episodes we, we did, or we've done, I, I feel like there was something in pretty much every episode that touched based on that. Right. Um, so it was a little bit of a challenge for me to, to choose one specific thing, but, you know, I'll just, I'll just spit out a couple, you know, quick ones. Like, obviously, the connection to the Winslows and, and, and the unity they had as a family was something that was, was interesting from a family st- perspective. And that's what I, I saw from a unity standpoint, but I, I didn't want to make it that simple. I felt like that was the easy way out. So, right. so I, lo- I looked at just other, other things that uh, some of the other episodes we did. And um, one that really, really, the one that really, really got me oh, that, that I wanted to, that I felt made the most sense was it, how their white people, how they came together. And I, and, and uh, overall, how that, that film pointed out so many different uh, cliches, right? <laughs> but by the end of the film, the connection amongst the, the black people, black students, and um, was something that I saw when, as soon as I read the definition, I was like, if I can choose one of the episodes or one of the points that we've gone through, uh, they're white people and, and kind of how that came together is, uh, is something that makes sense for me from, from a uh, unity standpoint, because does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. What, what did you find in terms of defining Umoja unity? As far as in the film? No, I mean, uh, the, like the actual, the the definition or what what it represents that's I realized that's something I missed I'd said unity but like each principle has like a brief sentence or description so did you have did you find anything uh, that this further describes unity and how it nah. represents how it's, how it's represented now I went through the same uh, process and read it, read it through Wikipedia just like you did okay. um, but I also like I was saying to you before we jumped on this um, so before we started recording. I've watched, I probably watched like 30 videos over the last last two weeks about, about Kwanzaa and everybody has totally different, like, I mean, totally different 
interpretations. Right. So um, in some of the videos I've seen, people talked about unity specifically around family. Other videos I've seen, people talked about unity specifically around community. It had nothing right. to do about, they, they didn't even talk about family. And some people looked at community as family. Um, and then you had others that looked at uh, unity as us as a people. So I've seen right. that. So there, I feel like there are so many different interpretations of it um, and how you look at unity. And I feel like they all, they all make a lot of sense. Right. Um, it, it, it once again goes going back to how you interpret this. So that's why I looked at it. I try to stay away from the. I feel, I feel like the family aspect is just easy. It's right. an easy aspect. So that's why I looked at it more so from a community aspect. Or even, I guess, you know, talking about dead white people, I guess a race aspect as well. Um, I even see someone talk about uh, uh, unity from a Kwanzaa standpoint about America as a nation, which I thought was interesting. very interesting. <laughs> yeah, um, I saw a video with that and and how they they utilized uh, and and I'm not gonna get deeply into it, but basically they utilized black poor people from the '60s and '70s. And talked about how the nation has has unified through the years to help us uh, gain and evolve and elevate in social class. <laughs> so they talked about how Kwanzaa has evolved based on Black people being able to earn more, which, right. which is it's a very interesting thing. So um, I get too deeply into it, but to answer your question, I've seen it in a, sort of in a couple, or it was defined in a couple of different ways. Cool. Um, so I, I found, I guess, so for each, and again, just going discovering and learning um, that each principle also has a symbol. Um, so Umoja, Umoja, to strive for and maintain unity in the family, community, nation, and race. Um, and like to your point, family, it seems easy and it seems obvious, right? Again, I'm thinking about King Richard, right? The unity of family and what, what, what seeing what excuse me seeing the success i can't phrase it right <laughs> seeing how unity led to the overall collective success of the family um but most importantly i think it's about community un unity which always feels lacking um for the black experience because there's you know the general belief and language that there are there aren't really that much black communities because com black, a community is self-owned, self-operated self to, to an extent. The nation, I mean, yeah, and the, the unity and the race, I mean, yeah, that's just an ever-present theme. The symbol for Umoja is Dagi Nut, a Pan-African symbol of unity founded found in several African cultures, uh, i.e. E., Yoruba, Hossa, and Mushongo. And when I thought about unity, I thought about a different world and just the thinking about college and the, the diversity of college, the diversity of the characters, the diversity of how, how many different aspects of blackness was represented in a different world. And they were all connected. They, they all had their, they had their sub communities, but they also had their collective community. And regardless of the tiffs and tasks and fights between individual people, the end goal was to stay unified. The end goal was to, um, you know, further their individual experiences, which, which I think collectively elevate the community 
of the you know, of the of Hillman College, right, which is a, a, a larger community, and it also elevated the individual, excuse me, also and ele- elevated the the black experience because so many different people were represented. You know, thinking about Whitley being this, uh, I was gonna say high, high yellow. I don't know if that's offensive. Oh, you know, please. being a a, a fair skin, um, boule, light skin uh, black woman. You have Freddie, who, whose name we forgot, and just thinking about how quirky and unique she was, right? In terms of representation, you don't really see that much. But just thinking about, you know, Dwayne Wayne being the 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 nerd, smart, geek, you know, Steve Urkel of the show. Um, I mean, granted, it, I think it predated, but just the the unique characters, man, and they were all unified for the for representation, which I think is important. Yeah, I, I definitely thought about a different world too, and I said. Again, I think there is something in every every single episode we did that uh, you can pull based on what uh, unity represents. Um, right. That was that. I, I, I agree. Like that's that makes so much sense. Cool. Uh, so next day is Kuji. Do you want to do any of these? Uh, I mean, and not an issue if you don't. Uh, I, I, I'll stick to like, you, you, you've been doing a great job. You know me, I'll murder words. Uh, so no, I do not. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So the second day is the, is Kuji. Actually. So how about this, right? Why don't you, uh, do the, what, what's the word? And I'll, and I'll, I'll I'll answer with the second day. What's the word? uh, Remember when I I said that the green is a greeting, uh, Habari Ghani and I'll, I'll answer it with what the day is. How about that? Uh, let me see. Where am I looking? Is that what you sent me? Or am I just saying that? You're just saying it. Habari Ghani. And then I'll, I'll answer with the respective day. Okay. Habari Ghani. 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 With an Habari Ghani. Cool. Got it. All right. Um, so the second day is self-determination, which is Kuji Chagulia. To define ourselves, name ourselves, create for ourselves, and speak for ourselves. And the symbol is Ahenwa, the, the Akin throne, symbol of national identity, cultural groundedness, and rightful, govern, rightful governess. And I thought about Fresh when I thought about Kuji Chagulia and his drive to kind of like King Richard, right? He had a plan. <laughs> I like how everything is going back to King Richard. He had a pl- fresh had a plan, self had fresh had a plan. He had a goal, he had a dream, and his he had a responsibility to get himself out of that situation, get himself get his sister out of that situation. And he was determined to to fulfill that plan. And the you know, the entire movie is watching that plan unfold, watching this young young kid be more intelligent, more cunning. And a chess master, right? I mean, the, the theme behind the uh, behind Fresh is being a chess master, and watching him be a chess master and outwit all the other, uh, basically making everyone a pawn on the in, in the game of life, which I thought was dope. Yeah, I have nothing to add there. <laughs> okay, I one hundred percent like I literally thought the same exact thing when I was looking through our episodes. <laughs> I was like, this this identifies Fresh one hundred percent. Um, I was cool. I was trying to think like, you know, I go back to like the Steve Urkels and how he just, you know, he he 
he was unapologetically, we talk about how unapologetically Steve he was. Um, so I'll go back to thinking about him, obviously, and the, and the Dwayne Waynes and so on. But fresh hit, it hits it on a whole right. nother, whole nother level. So I definitely thought about the same thing and uh, actually thought about it more when we were talking about it pre, pre-recording. So, uh, so yeah. Cool. Right. Now, now, what, what's what's the saying I gotta say? Come on, man. <laughs> you guys killing me. <laughs> I, I, I don't even remember it. What is it? What am I saying? There you go. Hab Gari. Habari Gani. Habari Gani. <laughs> All right. So day three, which is a green candle, is. Ujima, which is collective work and responsibility to build and maintain our community together and make our brothers and sisters problems our problems and to solve them together. The symbol for Ujima is Okomo Nutauso, the Adinkra symbol of shared effort and obligation. So what came to mind for you for um, Ujima? And Ujima is a green candle. Sorry if I didn't say that. Oh, no worries. Uh, so what came to mind was uh, when we talked about a holiday episode and uh, me bringing up the preacher's wife. And we were talking about okay. Reverend, uh, Reverend, um, I got to can't remember his name now, on the tip of my tongue. But the Reverend from uh, the preacher's wife and his, his uh, dedication to the church, to family, to building, um, and, you know, throughout the film, the struggle that he went to, he went through to, to ensure that the church was saved. And obviously the things that he learned along the way. Um, but that, that's what came to mind when, when I was reading this principle. Um, cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna keep it short. I sweet. thought, uh, oh, no. I thought of a trap, a trap called quest. Our last episode, um, going back to the God lives through verse, God lives through verse with five dog. Collective work and responsibility. You know, if New York won't look good and Queens won't look good, all, all of that. You know, I talked about the awareness of knowing. Well, I mean, initially your point, I thought of your point, and the collective work in terms of them always of the tribe members always shouting each other out, representing each other, and knowing how important it was to represent the their partner right like i'm 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 gonna spit these 16 bars regardless but i'm just gonna remind you about my mans real quick so you don't forget him then i'm gonna I'm, 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 I'm gonna give you some heat also which is dope but you know five dogs god lives through verse and i talked about the responsibility knowing that as an mc as an artist as a black person creating the foundation or being part of the foundation of hip-hop knowing that what he says, how, how he portrays himself, how he raps, how he offers content, it's important to the overall black experience. And all, all the, that those, those series of bars shows that he has the awareness of his responsibility and he has the awareness of the collective work in, I guess, in fulfilling that, that, um, that responsibility. Part, part, part uh, I'm thinking to myself, part of part of what that represents through, uh, or seeing it through a music lens or, or utilizing music uh, or an album is something that is even more uh, sort of like it, it's it's 
it has even more relevance, I feel like, than seeing it on a TV show or seeing it in a film. Because a lot yeah. of these TV shows and these films have, they're, they're, they're sugar-coated. And I feel like a lot of music, especially an album like From Trial and Quest, uh, it's an album that is all about authenticity. So I love, I love to hear that. And, and that's, that's fire. Um, all right, I got yeah. it. Habari Ghani? Habari Ghani? Did I get it? All right. There we go. There Let's we go. Let's go, baby. Excuse me. So day four, which is a red candle. I'm, I'm also, I guess I'm, I'm trying to see if the, the colors also correspond with the principles. Um, so day four is a red candle, Ujama Cooperative Economics, to build and maintain our own stores, shops, and other businesses, and to profit from them together. The symbol is two interlocking half circles. The Nisibidi symbol of togetherness and family. Um, what came to mind for me was a written testimony. And I talked about, on a written, for written, written testimony, I talked about, you know, it's, it's, it's God body rap, right? It's the elevation of what the black experience has become and realistically, you know, someone like Jay-Z is at the forefront of redefining the black experience, being a billionaire, being a mogul, being a hip hop pioneer, being a lyrical pioneer, being a, a, a business pioneer for the black experience. Um, and a lot of the music, he, he, a, lot of, a lot of the music with him and Jay Electronica, like, you know, Jay Electronica isn't at the level of Jay-Z respectfully, but having him as ever present on that album number one is cooperative and the content they're talking about like jay electronica offers a lot of the the religious aspect from um what am i what am i, what am I forgetting elijah the honorable elijah muhammad what, what group is that uh, nation of islam yeah the nation of islam thank you um he, so he offers a lot of philosophy from the nation Karakai of islam right 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 and Together, him and Jay-Z offer a the importance of co co cooperation, right? Like religion is rooted in cooperation. Religion is rooted in community growth and building, but the religion itself is just one aspect. You need the other side of, you need, you need the economics, right? You need money, you need education, and you need to redefine or rethink how you uh, invest in money, how you invest time within yourself, within the groups, within the, within the people you work with, because um, cooperative economics, going back to capitalism, money is the root of the American experience. So the the, the hopeful goal, right, the ever-present goal is Black people working together collectively, collectively working together to finance, to finance and I guess redistribute the the investments and time to redefine the Black experience. And you know, money is the leading factor behind that yeah bro. You, everything you said and more so i felt this exactly the same way when i when i was looking at this principle i literally thought about jay-z um 444 and just just the the education he was giving us almost on every track but you know around around money and around wealth and around growth and around family um so yeah i i, I hate to say it but i really don't have much else to add to it other than uh, you know, a written uh, testimony. Obviously, it is. It's it's a part of that that uh, collection. But for me, Jay and four, what he was saying at four four four, 
was spot on with this principle. So, yeah. Right. Uh, 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 Habari Janari, Habari Ghani, Habari Ghani. Are you doing it on purpose? Are you, uh, nah, nah. Are you doing it on purpose now? <laughs> like, it's, right, like, it's not, come on, man. <laughs> Now, yeah, like, sh- sh- like respectfully, show some respect, right. bro. Come on, man. Like, we're trying to, we're trying to, we're trying to respect this. Like, I'll on, stop messing with you. Uh, Habari Ghani. Right. Uh, so day five is a green candle, which again represents growth and or vegetation or richness of the motherland or Africa. And day seven, day five's principle principle is Nia, which is purpose to make our collective vocation the building and developing of our community in order to restore our people to their traditional greatness. Um, the symbol is the hieroglyph Nefer, ancient Egyptian symbol of beauty and good. What came to mind for you? Yeah, so this one was this one was interesting because I, uh, as I told you before, I didn't really go through them all. I chose like three of them, and this was one of the three. Uh, and what came to mind was this podcast. It was the work you and I, okay. you and I are doing. And, and um I find purpose, and I'll speak for myself, I find purpose in uh, having these conversations and dissecting these uh, these forms of media when it comes to the Black experience and leaving our conversations and leaving our, our each episode with with something that, I, that I, I didn't have previously, which is a better understanding and, and uh, an insight on on something I looked at one way, but with your, with your point of view. Um, and then I find that I, I end up talking to other people outside of it about it. I have conversations with other people in the real world where, whereas I don't know if this is the fake, world, I guess the podcast world, but the, the type of conversations right. that we're having here are extending to conversations that I'm having with my dad or with other people. Um, and I think that's giving me purpose in what we're developing. So, um, what came to mind with this particular principle was what you and I have been doing these last was it six months, um, and the people that have been a part of it and giving us their insight and being able to hear how they're in, uh, they're impacted by it and how it's bringing them to to new heights and opening up their minds as well. Um, so yeah, that's that's uh, what came to mind for me. I love that. That's that's dope. I I didn't consider that at all. Um, yeah. Um, I wish I had, because <laughs> I, I probably have more insight. But yeah, I, that's that's definitely dope to consider. Um, and it it is a mutual feeling in terms of purpose. And as much as it's it's for me, I mean, you know, I talk about things being rooted in self. I know that it's rooted in fulfilling my purpose and figuring out my purpose. But gl- glad that we're able to, um do our cooperative economics to hopefully redefine other people's purpose and, or yeah, set, set the tone to define other people's purpose. Um, what connected to me was Lionel from dear white people. And I was mostly thinking about how Lionel was always the, he was the anomaly in dear white people um, because he didn't quite fit into any particular space he was still trying to figure out uh, where he belonged and who he was. And I guess that, you know, maybe it's me projecting also and kind of feeling connected with that. 
So the, the, the goal for Lionel was to figure out his purpose, to figure out what he wanted to do, who he wanted to be, how he wanted to be represented, where, which, you know, which house he, he fit into. Um, and by the end of the movie, he, he, he finds that he finds that through this, through doing work and doing uh, through his own self-determination, he finds his purpose and being a, a writer, being able to offer unique perspectives that people may not have the time to experience on their own, but they're willing to read about it. I think it also helps people kind of fulfill their purpose, which like to your point, the podcast we're doing, right? Everyone, people may not have the time to research Kwanzaa. People may not have the time to watch these movies, but the conversations that we share, the conversations that we have on, on the podcast, on the clubhouse, it might spark an idea, right? If you listen to five episodes and it sparks one idea, that's good enough and that's potential and it it's potential to increase purpose and, you know, redefine the experience. Yeah, 100%. Uh, okay. Uh, Habari Ghani. So day six is Kumba, which is creativity, to do always as much as we can in the way we can in order to leave our community more beautiful and beneficial than we inherited. The symbol is the seven vibrations of divine creation, the Dogon symbol of creativity. And what came to me was Steve Urkel and this thinking about, I think out of all the shows we watched, Steve was family, Steve Urkel from Family Matters. He was, his symbolism, like, yeah, his symbolism is being a creative, being a genius, being an inventor and knowing the importance of innovation, right? Technolo technological inno innovation uh, leads to social innovation, leads to cultural innovation. And Steve's ability to create, I mean, Steve could probably create anything he wanted. Granted, down the line, he just creates. <laughs> like, you think about the potential, right? Steve has this potential to create anything in the world, but all he does is create an alter ego so he can get the girl. <laughs> Let's just say. It's it's sad. It's sad. It's sad. Like that's the, um, it's it's comically sad, right? Like that. That's the, that's what his effort goes into, right? They create a storyline. Well, that's where his effort goes into it. Steve doesn't solve world hunger, right? He doesn't. He doesn't. Uh, he, uh fix the hole in the ozone layer. His greatest achievement is Stefan or or Kel or Ulta Ego just to get a girl. That, that's that's fucked up symbolism. Yeah, but hey, if you can save but, the world. Right, right, right. But knowing that, again, I guess knowing that he has the potential to create and create anything he wants, I think is important. And it paves the way for the future generations of creatives and people who want to uh, um, offer new perspectives and experiences for the Black experience. Yeah, man, I love that perspective. Uh, for me, it was, uh, and, it, and this is maybe a little off, off, uh, off the cuff, but for me, it was Debbie Allen who is a producer, director for A Different World. Um, when I thought about uh, how you and I destroyed season one of A Different World because it wasn't, it wasn't, it just didn't have, it wasn't rooted in a culture, the storylines or blah, blah. Right. And, it, and it, it wasn't a terrible show, but it wasn't what we expected the Black experience to be. So then seeing what season two and beyond became, became and all the rich rich culture that was in it all the colors all the energy the cast and crew and and 
Um, it's not all Debbie Allen, but she played a, a prominent role in that. Um, and when I thought about creativity, I just was thinking about some of the the incredible, incredible episodes that you and I discussed over and over again, just about history and about growth and personal development. And it, and it just, you know, we went from hating season one to like falling in love with, with this show. Um, right, right, right. So, right. Uh, Debbie Allen, who was who isn't a character on the show, she's just you know one of the producers and um, she's directed and all that. But her her influence uh, was something that popped in my head when we were, when we were going through this when, when I was going through this principle. That's 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 a dope perspective, man. Um, let's see, uh, Habari Ghani. All right, day seven, last day, which is uh, the last green candle. And the last principle is faith, Imani, to believe with all our heart and our people, our parents, our teachers, our leaders, and the righteousness and victory of our struggle. The ancient Egyptian double symbol of the Ankh, life, and Jed pillar, stability, endurance, serves here as a symbol of steady fastness and commitment to the good, the right, and the beautiful in life. Yeah, so... Uh... Obviously, I, I didn't go through all the principles, like I said, but this one, when, once I knew we were going to be touching base on this, a written testimony popped in my head with just all the uh, the points. And the, the, the it was a lot of, I guess, symbolism, you can say, I guess, was in, uh, in it as well. But just how uh, Jay, Electronic, Jay Electronica put together the album and a lot of the, uh, the intros and outros um, that tied into to the music as well. Um, obviously, I can look at a preacher's wife as well um, as another thing or anything around the holiday time and Christmas, but that was something that popped to my head um, around faith um, was, was that, that particular part. Cool. Well, so it's interesting. Um, like I, I didn't go through the exact, like, the, 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 excuse me, I didn't go through the exact significance, meaning of faith, um, and you know, for them, it's about, you know, piece of people, parents, teachers, and leaders. So what stood out for me with faith, I, was, I thought about the Rugrats Kwanzaa episode. Yeah. And I thought about that because it, it was having faith in the future generation, having faith in our children, because they're, I think they're more important, right? Like we talked about during the holiday episode that we grew up seeing Kwanzaa episodes here and there. Right? Regrets Kwanzaa was in our, I think came out like in our teens. Um, we've, you know, although I want to, I'm going to say this lazily that there are, I think there are a good amount of Kwanzaa episodes from like the nineties and early two thousands, but none of it influenced us, right? Learning about the black experience and going through the black experience and, um, I guess knowing about the struggles of it, I felt like as children or as teens, knowing that black people had their own independent holiday, it would have sparked some type of interest interest in us to celebrate it, but it didn't, it didn't. Collectively, it didn't rather. Um, so when I thought about the Rugrats episode, it was on uh, T, on T, I believe. I think she's showing kids the fun of Kwanzaa because she wants to inspire them to celebrate it. She has faith that 
through making it a fun filled holiday, the children will take it on and pass on the, pass on the tradition. Um, so I, like I looked at it as faith in the the next generation, and I like that none of it, none of what's written on the in the description is rooted in faith in a higher being. It's about the tangible reality of what we can what we can control, who we can influence, and how we can let other people influence us. Yeah, I, I was about to cut you off. I was so that's exactly what I was thinking. I wanted to say <laughs> was that when reading this principle, it does not talk about having faith in higher power. It literally talks about having faith in our people, having faith in the struggle. Like that to me, that was just like that. That was eye opening because if you ask most people what does faith mean to them, they'll say something with when it comes to higher power or believing in some type of religion, um, which is fine. But it goes to show, goes to show how uh, how uh, minimal our, our definition of the word faith can be, um, right? And oh, how it's been. Sorry to cut you up. How it's been, how we've minimized it, right? To just make faith about religion when it should be all encompassed. Yeah. So right, even having faith in each other, right? I have faith in you right. to 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 lead a good life, or, I, or I having faith in you to do this or do that or support that. Like, I, I think that is uh, that is a very, very powerful thing that I, I, it's a great way to end the principles because I it opened my eyes immediately when, when you said that. So, yeah. Cool. Um, I guess the only thing I, I would want to touch on is add, add a bit more info about Dr. Mulana Karenga. Uh, is there anything you want to touch on before we kind of transition into oh, no. that? Go ahead. Let's, let's do it. Um, so this is, I guess I'll, I'll just do like, I'll, I'll pass over some information about him. So I, I, I didn't note that he was a doctor earlier. So my apologies, apologies on that. And I know that you brought it up. So thank you. Uh, but he's a professor and chair of the department of Africana studies at California state university, Long Beach. He holds two PhDs, his first doctorate in leadership and human behavior, political science with focus on the theory and practice of African-American nationalism. His second degree is in social ethics with a focus on the classical African ethics of ancient e Egypt, excuse me. His ethical philosopher, leading exponent of Mation ethical thought, um, author of 17 books and monographs and four co-edited books, 57 journal articles, 42 book chapters, and over 60, 650 columns and commentaries on critical issues. Um, you know, it's it's interesting to have someone as highly decorated and awarded as him, but you know, the if again, it feels like the black experience isn't about honoring, uh, like if, think like give me a famous black doctor that comes to mind. Uh so even someone who just has like their PhD. Like ben, ben Carson. Okay. Anyone else? Uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm not trying to play you. It's just this is an honest maybe, question. I'm not, I, don't, I don't feel played. I'm just saying Ben Carson. Um, famous black. I, I guess the, Maya Angelou. Wouldn't she be a famous doctor, a black doctor? Cool, cool. Cornell West also. Oh, Cornel, um, yeah, Cornel West. Um, what, what's it? Michael Dyson. Dyson. Eric Dyson. Eric, Eric, I think it's Michael uh, Eric Dyson. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. You got it. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was just thinking of... Go ahead, go ahead. If you had no, it. No, no, go ahead. I was just thinking of... 
when it thinking about black doctors who are prominent or well known, um, feel it, it feels limiting. It feels limiting. Like my my mind initially went to Eric Dyson because he's related to hip hop. Like a lot of his perspective, I feel like a lot of the perspective he sh- ends up sharing or what he's known what he's known for is rooted in in hip hop. Um, and it, you know, it, it just feels limiting. It feels limiting, I guess. Yeah, I'm just going to. Uh, I, I pulled it up to see if anybody else on here that I can think of. Obviously, you know, uh, to your point, it is limiting, but it's also like, as a culture, do we celebrate them? Right? Well, not even celebrate them, but do we speak on them, or do do we do we do we accept or or hear their their input when it comes to whatever their uh, the expertise or area study is do we do we use them as our as right. our uh, sounding board? Um, I know Cornell West, man. Cornell West, right. you know, I've I've seen that brother on uh, on CNN tearing them up. <laughs> right, but, right, right, but, right. But they, but they, they respect him because because of who he is. You know, they give him his respect, and I think that's something that right. that you don't see in, in obviously in all these. Uh, Figures, I guess, or, or, or these celebrity doctors, and so on. So, yeah, right. good point. Yeah, um, yeah, that, that's all I got on my end. Um, anything else? Any final points you want to touch on? I know. I think this was dope. I, I uh, it's a little bit of a challenge for me, but uh, I'm glad that you and I decided to to make it happen, especially on the on the eve of all the these things happening, as far as the holidays happening. To be able to give people, right. you know, whoever, hopefully, you know, people will listen to this and gain something from it. Because I know I gained, uh, I'm still gaining um, from it and learning from it. So um, it's all a part of part right. of my purpose. So, uh, so no, that's all I got. Cool. All right. Uh, thanks for rocking out. Um, yeah, that's all I got. I, I'm not sh- Yeah, I don't know. I feel like we'll, we'll try to do a clubhouse next week, maybe, or this week, depending on when this drops. Um, just to kind of get more insight on, on people's, hopefully get more insight on people's perspective on Kwanzaa. Uh, if you have anything, if you know, please come on, I'll, I'll post it on social media or times you'll post it. So please come on and challenge us. Please help us expand on our perspective and yeah, help us. I mean, part of the work of this podcast is helping us redefine and reshape the black experience. So, you know, we need other black, other black people to do that. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Uh, for, for, for those who have been listening, um, you know, listening to the podcast and actually have been a part of the Clubhouse episodes. Once again, we greatly appreciate you guys, but we also would love, love, love your insight on, on, on this. I think this is something that, uh, we're just really, really excited about and really happy to be able to celebrate. So anybody, any insight is, would be great because as you can see, we all have different perspectives. Um, so I'll leave it at that. Have a good holiday guys. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Clubhouse for bi-weekly club discussions and occasional recaps at Nothing Moves Without Us. Please follow our TikTok and Instagram at A Black Culture Podcast. And you can watch our podcast episodes on YouTube at Nothing Moves Without Us, A Black Culture Podcast.